Support for this podcast comes from Beautiful Home Services. For home improvement, trust the award-winning, locally owned and operated provider who has served the DMV area for over 15 years. Beautiful Home Services offers interior and exterior painting, bathroom and kitchen remodeling, basement finishing, carpentry, drywall, and other general remodeling services. We make home improvement dreams a beautiful reality. Learn more at BeautifulHomeServices.com. That's BeautifulHomeServices.com. ABF Creative. Many define athlete success by the number of MVPs earned, all-star appearances, touchdowns scored, baskets made, or championships won. But the real wins occur off the field. When we watch and hear our sports stars discuss the topics that matter in the pursuit of equality and social justice, these voices should be heard, celebrated, and most importantly, shared. These are the real sports heroes. time to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, what are we doing to create change? They're just so happy to see a black man who will stand up and jeopardize every court he's got to tell the truth. I'm seeing things happen to people that don't have a voice, people that don't have a platform to talk and have their voices heard and affect change. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. I would definitely not do that. Being an NBA player don't exclude me from no conversations at all. First and foremost, I'm a black man and I'm a member of this community. Go after your dreams. You don't allow anything to take you away from your dreams. Hi, I'm Cedric Maxwell, and I'm a real sports hero. Uh, Age 65, played primarily with the Boston Celtics, uh, a couple of years with the Los Angeles Clippers, one year with um, the Houston Rockets, Started playing the NBA in 1977, finals MVP in 1981, and two-time world champion. My original hometown is Kinston, North Carolina. Uh, We've had more basketball players per capita than any other city or place in America or the world. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse is from there, Charles Shackelford, Brandon Ingram, uh, a town of probably about 25,000 people has had somebody in the NBA for the last 40 plus years. My father's from Southern Georgia, a town called Quitman, and Kinston, he was in the military. My father was in the military, Camp Lejeune. Kinston, North Carolina is probably about 40 miles from Camp Lejeune. So every year uh, we go on family vacation. The family vacation essentially where we were going to his hometown equipment, which had maybe 1500 people in it. It was horrible, right? hot during the summer. Well, we're going down and uh, one of the just going down and coming back Two bad moments. Uh, first moment going down to Georgia, we go every year, but one year in particular, we stopped in Waycross, Georgia. Uh, we go in the bathroom, my brother and I, uh, we use the bathroom, uh, and we're getting gas. And um, my mother, we, my brother and I come out the bathroom, and the guy kind of looks at us sideways, white guy looks at us sideways, and my mother is going to go in after us with my sister 
And he stops her. He said, no, you, you're not allowed to go into that bathroom. And your bathroom is out in the grease pits, you know, uh, in the garage area. And my mom just went off. My father, he goes off. He was he had been in the military. He says, how dare you? You know, I just fought for this country. Matter of fact, I got wounded, almost died in Vietnam for this country. And you're trying to, t you're telling me that I can't go in here and just use the damn bathroom? Took the gas, the guy said, nope, sir, that's our policy. And my dad took the gas thing out, man. He was pissed and paid for the gas and we left. Um, just as bad coming back, we, stopped at in Myrtle Beach every year. Myrtle Beach used to have a part where black people went called Atlantic Beach. And it's even there today, Atlantic Beach. But at Atlantic Beach, essentially, it went down. Myrtle Beach was connected. When you went to Atlantic Beach, there was a chain link fence from the top of the beach to probably a football links way out in the, out in the ocean. And I couldn't figure it out at eight years old. And then later on realized that it was there for segregation, to keep black people away from white people in the water, as if we were going to go in different types of water. So I've lived so many, you know, that that era, uh, my younger years uh, was Martin Luther King. Uh, you know, when people think about Martin Luther King, you know, they read about him or, or whatever it is. I've never met him. But uh, I was around uh, for the March on Washington. I was, you know, I was a little boy when he did the, uh, you know, let freedom ring and, and, and from the mountaintops. And so my life has been a caveat of uh, different things when it's come to racial issues. The Olympics, 1968, two black men, uh, you know, in a marathon or in a sprint. John Carlos is one of them. Tommy Smith, I think, was the other one. Um, get on the podium. Uh, they they finish one, three. They get on the podium and they put on the black glove and they put the fists up. So I, I've just lived a whole line of things that have happened to me in a racial way. I went to an all-black high school for a year or two until integration came in. I've seen, I've been in a bus station or on a bus where it said, you know, colors only, whites only. I've been there to a water fountain where it had whites only, colored water fountains. So that that stuff I, I've known, it's been in my lifetime. So I, that's why I think that I'm really different when it comes to knowing some of the things that have, you know, happened in this country. You know, I've lived those things. Well, I think that the the projection is, you know, that you're you're you know you're this great basketball player and you live this fantastic life, but you also have to live. You also have to realize that most of us have really lived a different life. You know, you think about Kevin Durant when he talks about how he was in drug infested areas in Baltimore, in that area, when he grew up. And his only outlet was to play basketball at, uh, you know, at the Boys and Girls Club or at the YMCA, wherever it is, to, to escape. 
so I think every player in their own way, especially players of color, have had a disadvantage in, in how they've lived or have had a moment of segregation or, or integration or people accusing them of uh, being biased when, you know, most of, most of the guys in this league have lived, and a lot of them from the South, you know, and lived, especially guys I knew. Uh, I can't even imagine when I, and I've talked to Tom Sat Sanders, uh, legendary uh, player for the Boston Celtics, Bill Russell, uh, legends, and talk to them about how it was when they played during the 50s. And we don't get what they got because they went to hotels essentially uh, and they couldn't eat with their teammates. Uh, there was a movie called The Green Book and they talked about the Boston Celtics coming to a place in the South to play barnstorming. And the guy goes on saying, you know, talks about his restaurant at that time. Uh, it wasn't his, it was a, yeah, restaurant at his time. And he said that Bill Russell wasn't allowed to come, you know, to his restaurant to eat. So those those guys, you know, more than me, you know, we're on this. I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. I hope you're enjoying Real Sports Heroes. Stay tuned for the rest of the show. Players now with social media, they have millions and millions of followers who listen not only to, to watch them play, but to listen and watch how they live. So I think that's another way of transitioning. Uh, you see a guy like Jalen Brown, who's with the Celtics now, and he's been so well spoken about this, you know, the, the issue of race and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and just down the line and the way they express themselves now, uh, even when George Floyd was killed, was to go out and actively protest. And the NBA, more than any other entity I've seen, sports entity, really got behind their players. And the message is even a bigger message. I mean, Laura Ingham might say, you know, shut up and dribble to LeBron James, but how can you say that to somebody who went out and built a school in Akron and who was educating kids and giving away scholarships where it's not a me, me generation now. They are thinking as a community. And that is really what I love about the players today. During my time, I think about when Michael Jordan played. Did he have a platform? He's one of the few people who had a platform that people would listen to. But Michael Jordan, no fault of his, wasn't involved and didn't want to get involved in that way. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm not knocking him. It's just a different era now. And players are more consumed about their community and how they fit in that community. So I, I, I absolutely love it. You're not just a basketball player. You know, you've heard that before about people when they said, look, he puts on his shoes or his underwear just like I do, one leg at a time. And the same way about players living in society. That not only is it about them, but it's about their kids. And as a father, all you want is the best for your kids and the best for your community. So every NBA player 
son is not going to be like Steph Curry and his dad. Now, you know, not have some of them are just going to be people who are going to go in society and live in a place that if you were a player in the organization that you tried to better that organization, better that place, it's going to benefit your child, his child, and a generation of people in your community. Just speak from your heart. Some people aren't comfortable and aren't born to be in front of a microphone. For me, when I first got to Boston and came back as a broadcaster, being comfortable in, in front of a microphone was something, it was, it was difficult because I had that Southern dialect and you know my speech was a little bit slower. Being doing radio as an analyst, you gotta be pop, 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 pop. Well, it was a job that I had to learn and go into. The same way about people who are reluctant to, to go speak in front of an audience or express themselves. Practice. Go out, like Iverson, practice. You got to go out and get in front of a, a, a screen, a dark screen, and, and, and talk to it like you would talk to a person that you knew and that was a friend. You have to utilize this particular thing that we have, this box, and the way we communicate. Use that as a tool to get out and express yourself. And if people don't understand it and you speak from the heart, that is going to show more than you sitting down, reading something off of a piece of paper. Um, that's, that's more important because I have kids now. I have grandkids and you're trying to form a legacy. Uh, and when I talk to the players like we have now, they get a better sense of who you are because of some of the things that have happened. Uh, one of the great stories, one of the funniest stories I've had is with Jason Tatum, our star player for the Boston Celtics now. Get him as a 19-year-old player out of Duke. He knows me but doesn't quite know me. You know, hey, Max, hey, how you doing? Da, 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 whatever. That was his first year. So the next year he's with us, they have 30 for 30, Boston Celtics, Lakers. So he's coming out before a game. He's coming out to practice. And he's like, all of a sudden he sees me, his eyes light up, and he starts yelling, cornbread, cornbread, corn. I said, dude, what's wrong with you? He said, man, I saw that 30 for 30. Damn, you a bad motherfucker. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> so so those things to me are, you know, that you have players that start to understand the history now of the game. When I look at the history of the game, I, I relate to Russell, some of the old clips I have of him and some of the things where I saw him with Muhammad Ali protesting. Just like the 30 for 30, there's a new recognition of some players that had played before like you're not the first person that invented the game. You didn't invent the ball. You didn't do that. There were guys who were before you. And again, you know, you're, sta you're standing on the shoulders of giants. Thanks for listening to Real Sports Heroes. 
Subscribe to the podcast to ensure you're notified when the next episode drops. And please take a second to rate and review the show. We want as many people as possible to be able to engage with our real sports heroes. And your ratings and reviews help other people find our show. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.